hamster with a blunt penknife would do it quicker. Rest now, my warrior. Rest now, your hardship is Live, do 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 do. Come on, Joe. Wake up. Wake up. And let, let the cloak of cling to your bones. Cling to your bones. Wake up. Wake up. And welcome back to a Hamster with a Blunt Penknife with me, Joe Ford. And me, Mr. Luke Malloy. How are you, Joe? Oh, I'm delighted. Well, you've changed into into Luke Malloy. Amazing. You did that very quickly. <laughs> yes, that was quick. I'm delightful. I'm here on a Saturday night. I'm talking about Doctor Who with you. Yes. And what episode have you chosen, Joe? <laughs> well, I wonder if we gave any fucking clues in that song. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely voice, by the way. Oh, well, I, I thought yours was delightful. I mean, both of us were completely in tune. Yes, thought... as always. Hang on a minute. <laughs> we start talking about this episode i've got a question for you yeah i'm gonna hold you to task now young man okay how old are you by the way 26 (laughs) i'm so sorry i said you look 12 i'm really um lost on gallifrey yes that's my podcast where have you been yeah we've been we've both been moving house and uh sorting admin very boring stuff uh i think it also doesn't help that doctor who's quite quiet doesn't it so you have quite quiet we're chibnall in charge we don't hear nothing (laughs) you got lesser incentives to sort of squeeze things in um but we'll be back this week i think is this going out this week joe uh this will be going out very soon actually yeah yeah so we'll be back this week with a big um battle episode of vengeance on varos versus revelation of the daleks um i we haven't recorded it yet so i have no idea which one wins oh do you know what as well i love both of those stories that would be a great you know, i listened to one of your um when my other half was moving in we put on an episode a christmas special episode that you did where you was choosing random stories and you and your guests were just all giving your opinion on on random stories yeah yes the randomizer one i thought yeah. everybody was incredible in that except my other half who literally <laughs> had no fuck all to say about anything <laughs> <laughs> I, I, he didn't like the 10th planet, if I remember right, because I'm not a big on the 10th planet. Either. But um, I, I would, what, I would like to do... Either. Yeah, I know. Well, he's wrong. Though. I, I would like to do another randomizer episode, actually, um, and get you on. Oh, oh, you do, you know, be... do you know what? I was going there. I was fishing for an invite. Yeah, I could sense it. Um, it, it. I remember it being a really good episode. It just took a fair bit of editing. Uh, any 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 episode that takes editing puts me off. You had a fabulous quiz at the end, and I, every time I got something right, I jumped out the chair with excitement. <laughs> yeah, we need to bring quizzes back again. I think it's just it's just a laziness thing. Uh, but this this battle episode, and I've not told you off camera what it is, it has got a big surprise in it. That's got a big. Surprise oh my in god! It. You've not brought in Eric's award, have you? I just can't say anything. You dug him up out of his grave. Oh no, he's still with us, isn't he, Eric? As a <laughs> Shut up right now. 
<laughs> I, th- we, I was watching a special feature um of, and he was on the tv when rachel walked in the other day he's my uh, other half and she was like christ he doesn't look well i was like rachel it's eric so wood <laughs> oh that really looks well either honestly no he's, he's got a nice gentle um tone to his voice for someone who loves killing characters <laughs> so please you stop me saying what i was about to say then because that could have been the thing that got me cancelled so thank you <laughs> <laughs> but listen, we are here today to talk about the rings of Akaten, or a carton, or I've heard it said oh, it's not a carton. <laughs> Luke, I don't think this episode is very popular with anyone but you and me. Yeah, it's very strange actually. Um, so I've just I've got the Doctor Who first fifty years poll up, oh, and enough people that do their research, you know. This is, this is the lowest rated Matt Smith episode, which is a crime. I mean, are you serious? I, this I'm is a, rated lower than Let's Kill Hitler and some of that other bollocks. I'm a huge Matt Smith fan across all the series and era, but there are a lot worse episodes in the Rings of Acton, in my opinion. Um, Hi, so if, the, you, um, if you get very annoyed, if you ever listen to Hamster Blunt Pen Life and get annoyed with me, I suggest you listen to my Town Called Mercy episode that's going out shortly, you know, where I have nothing but praise for Matt Smith, Karen Gillan, and Stephen Moffat. Yeah. Are, are you, you're, you're a 7A fan, aren't you? I love uh, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like 7A. And I think it's pushing against a lot of what Stephen Moffat does elsewhere, which is why I really like it. Yeah, it's uh, like back to sort of, back to basics in a way, isn't it? After series six and stuff. Um, but yeah, this is sat between the Dominators and the Space Museum, and I like the Space Museum as well. But I think what, I, I want to take it a bit further because above the Rings of Acton on this list is Megloss, oh. the King's Demons. Oh my God. The Censorites. Who's choosing to watch these stories over the rings of Akatan? Right. Well, actually, that's how I wonder why people hate this. But actually, I put this out to Twitter, you know, and quite a few people told me why they hated this episode. Okay, yeah. Uh, I did see this go out. So, In fact, there was a very contentious conversation between Jason Thompson and somebody else. I thought, oh, my God, I've started World War Three over the rings of Akatan. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I remember watching this when it went out and we have just spoke about this off off her but i remember watching this when it went out and thinking oh what a solid good episode and i'm going on twitter very optimistic very happy as a 17 year old i'm being absolutely like aghast at the reaction did you learn nothing from helen rayner who went <laughs> on to gallifrey base after her episodes went out and started reading the reviews yeah I went on Scalifrey base because I had the same reaction. And honest to God, the vitriol, the the poison that was coming out of that <laughs> website, that site. I was like, well, it wasn't that bad. And I'd had a bit of a, I, I thought uh, Clara was very dull in the Bells of St. John. There was just nothing to her. And then I watched this and I thought, this is a character with a lot of potential. She's very sweet and she's kind of very engaged. In so I, I actually think this is one of the few times where they ace her character in terms of writing and performance yeah i i I agree especially 7b like if we're talking like non-annoying clara um because she's she is weird because i do like the later versions even though it's basically a different character um but in 7b especially when she's a bit 2d uh, it's the neil cross episodes that flesh her out the most i think um this one better than Hyde though. I think this is her best of the series. 
and this probably digs into like her family history as well and I, so yeah i don't i really don't see matt why and and like we're going off to like a really exciting location with lots of aliens and yeah and it is, you know it is a bit camp and a bit silly but newsflash <laughs> doctor who's been camping silly for quite some time but i didn't think it was though i mean i can sort of see points now but at the time i just i didn't think it was camp and silly no do you think i'm camping silly <laughs> yeah slightly oh well okay I was, I was about to say maybe you've got a filter on you can't see camp and silly but obviously you can uh yeah i don't know i mean i'll get into it when we watch it but there's a lot of stuff, a lot of like conveniences and stupid things that happen throughout this episode hmm. that would annoy me in any other episode. I don't know what it is about this one where I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change anything about it. I think this is one of the <clears throat> few Stephen Moffat episodes that really made me feel something. And there's something extraordinary that happens just after Matt Smith's brilliant speech at the end of this um with smith and coleman's performances which i'll talk about when we get there but the sort of um how delicately handled the emotion is towards the end of this episode i think it's masterful yeah yeah yeah. it's it's a classic like poetic moffat era at its at its best really um and we'll get into all the leaf stuff i don't see why people have got a problem with the leaf it it baffles me so much because we have, we basically have a leaf in every episode of Doctor Who to resolve the plot. I, I think, do you know what? Well, I'm going to ask you about your other half now, okay? Yeah. <clears throat> this is the, the Doctor Who commentary and <laughs> I'm nervous. personal life <laughs> podcast. No, nothing like that, you kinky git. Um, no, um, you could probably, if you looked very closely, define a decision or something that happened that brought the two of you together. Yeah, and I love stuff like that. I love moments and the, how that affects like your entire life and stuff. So this, the whole thing with the leaf does appeal to me. I think. Excuse me, I'm, but I'm actually asking you, can you think of the... the okay, I can think of it. Uh, well, I suppose we got a bit of a cheat because we were put into uni halls together. We, so we, we were opposite each other. Um, so that's almost fate, isn't it? But... Um, I don't know. You could have missed each other a lot. You obviously chose to go to the loo at one point, and then there you saw each other. <laughs> in the hall. Yeah, we. I mean, we lived in literally opposite sides of the hallway. Um, would, would there have been a moment? I don't know. I love. Oh, it. I like the idea that there is, but obviously, it's a series of decisions and things coming together, and that's what they're saying in this. Is like some random thing happened, and it brought two people together. Mine's yeah. a fucking android invasion, for God's sakes, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think actually before, so I went to Leeds University, but I was quite set on going to York and then changed my mind. Mm. So that's like that would be down there. It's, it's like so the maybe it was the brochure or something like that that your mum. Yeah, or just the day or the 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 lecturer that was in York that day that didn't appeal to me. Also, you know, tiny moments, isn't it? We need to we need to find what that thing was, right? Because then that is sentimental currency that's worth a fortune on Akaten. We have a busy millionaire man. <sighs> anyway, oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> we've gone off on a mad diversion before we've even started. Um. What I'll do is I will, a lot of people answered that Twitter question and we will dig into that. Um, but let's do that after we've watched Yeah, that. let's do it at the end. 
So I think our important our opinions are the most important thing here. Yes. Okay. Um, all right. Shall we start then? I'm ready. Well, what, why don't you count us in? Okay. Three, two, one. Here we go. Leaves blowing. Leaves coming all day. There's I like I like the jazzy music here as well. When when um, he falls into the road. Do we know what it is? No. Oh, you didn't do that much research then, did you? <laughs> That's a quiz question. Right Can I ask you a question about this? Uh, the, the stalker element. Yeah, it's a bit pervy, isn't it? I don't know. I like this thing, though. <laughs> I like... Um, you the like doc the doctor being a bit pervy. Okay. Yeah, no, actually, I think I do. <laughs> I, because he's a, it is a bit weird, and it is a bit sinister, and the doctor shouldn't be all good. So I quite like it. And you don't think you get Eccleston or Tennant doing this. It's quite a Matt Smith thing, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. And this whole thing about um, sort of seeing Clara at various stages of her life, Moffat did that in The Girl in the Fireplace with Renette. He obviously did it with Amy Pond in The Eleventh Hour. It's yeah. A, it's is a it... good way of abbreviating getting to know that person and their history, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um Ooh. Yeah, this is this is quite bulky dialogue, but I I, I like all I like the the theme of it. You know, it did Clara's it did dad have is to very fall. pretty. You are sorry. Sorry to say that, but Clara's dad is very pretty. I so is her mum. Yeah, no wonder Jenna Coleman turned out so well. <laughs> um, but uh, did you notice that the shock of um the mother's death was so traumatic that when he came back in the time of the doctor he looked like a completely different person <laughs> <laughs> yeah very good <laughs> just say shut up joe right <laughs> oh yeah it, baby clara this is strange isn't it in retrospect because you can't see the series nine clara growing up like this but in seven b this is very much like her origin yeah, well, I, but I think what happened is uh, in Series 8, they basically said this character isn't working. Yeah. It's basically the page one rewrite. So we get Control Freak, uh, Control Freak Clara, don't we, in Series 8? Yeah, and when she comes out with that in deep breath, I remember being like, what? When, since <laughs> when? When were you a Control Freak? And then we get Risk Taker Clara in Series 9, don't we? Yeah, but that, that one makes sense naturally, I suppose. From, I've um... got, do you know what? I've got a theory. Oh, yeah. I think that, you know, Kalara was... Kalara? Sorry. Kalara. I've had a bit too much gin already. <laughs> um, you know how she was uh, splintered? Uh, yes. Jumped into that wibbly-wobbly... Oh, she came out a different character. I think each season we're just watching a, a different multiverse of Clara. Like, oh, yeah. That's why she's changing each time. I can't That would make that. more sense than the fact that Stephen Moffat can't remember how he wrote her. <laughs> oh, See, I do... I do like all this stalking. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Jesus, I'm going to make sure my doors and windows are well bolted tonight. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, it just adds a little bit more edge to the doctor, even if it's maybe a bit weird. But cross what about what he says about, you know, a short... No, the skirt line is too far, but that's not this episode, so it's, it's fine. Very strange. Very. It's a strange thing, that. And I will, you know, I will still comment on the things i don't like about this era the overly sexualized doctor i i'm just not that keen on i do view um like matt smith and clara 
in 7B as boyfriend and girlfriend. Like, nothing serious, but just a boyfriend and girlfriend. That's sort of how it's played the whole time. Well, I'll tell you what, they ain't doing much then, because when he turns up naked in time with the Doctor, she ain't <laughs> never seen that before. She's... Yeah, but that, that's the new Splinter, isn't it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, did you, we've skipped past the um, the gravestone of a mum who died on yes. the, the transmission date of Rose. Um, there's theories that her mum died in the Auton attack. Oh, that's I know, it's pretty. nice that, isn't it? That's a, they should have. They should have put that in there. Yeah, it would have been quite cool. Can I just say, this, um, I think the Capaldi version is even better, but this console room, I think it's the best new series console room. Uh, yeah, I'm always torn. I do really like Matt Smith's first one. I know people think it's a bit gimmicky, and uh, but I like how... What about that chrome and glass one? Yeah, I do love it, you know. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this probably is, hands down... Probably subjectively the best console room of all time. It's it's really there's uh there's like tons of practical lighting in there. There's lots of nooks and crannies to film in. I feel like every anywhere the camera goes, it feels like a different room. Yeah, it's it's just got so much space. And by the time Capaldi comes in and he's like walking along the top and you're circling around and you get to Lele and the directing and it just looks stunning. Is this taking its cue from the end of the world? Yes. The second episode for Clara. Yes. A crazy place full of wacky aliens. She's kind of going, I want to go somewhere awesome, a bit like Rose did. Um, the difference is, is Rose was, you know, shocked and had a, a hell of a lot of... Co Clara takes all this in her stride in this episode. Well, she? that the other difference is Rose was introducing it for an entire new mm. audience. Whereas at this point, we're all used it's to old hat. And, yeah yeah so the companion has to sort of take it easier that shot i mean come on that shot of akaten there with the I rock on twitter this episode looks cheap oh what at all. <laughs> what I, I think this is the most beautiful world best planet in all of doctor who classic doctor who would get down on his hands and knees and weep for a visual like that oh my god it's just stunning it's it's believable you see that bit over there? I think that's the Isle of Wight. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. I can't help myself. Um, so what do you think about um, the whole sort of world building that goes on here? Yeah, I mean, it's quick and it's quite cheap. But I think Doctor, like the world building itself, but I think it, Doctor Who doesn't do alien worlds that often that it's almost always a treat when it happens i think that buys it a lot in, in my book because i can't think of another time really apart from the end of the world and the web planet that i get vibes like this well where it's really exotic yeah which really proper is. explicitly alien <laughs> and then thinking, i mean the you know the masks and that aren't great and stuff but it's doctor who <laughs> i do you know what i absolutely love did you see the tardis there sort of uh, in that little nook in the market yeah. And they did a similar thing in Snake Dance. They did a similar thing in Turn Left. Oh, it well. is very Snake Dance, isn't it? And I just like the... That's the sort of thing. When I go travelling, I like finding these weird bazaars and things like that. It gets me very excited. Yeah. These monsters that... Or the, the aliens he, he like, lists off now are quite, like, first draft bash the keyboard, aren't they? The Hulu Voo! <laughs> the Lyra Era Crush! <laughs> <laughs> what have I got on my keyboard? Hang on. Uh... The numb locks. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's quite good. The pause breaks. 
this. Oh, I love his confidence. Oh, and I, he mentions Susan here, doesn't he, as well? Well, yeah, so I, I used to love this in 7B. Every episode has a different reference to, like, the an old doctor. So it starts here, and then, like, you get the, the Hads in Cold War. You get um, Metabolus 3 and Hyde. I think Journey to the Center of the Tardis is just a reference in itself to Invasion of Time. Um, and then you get Tegan in, in Crimson Horror. So every episode, like, references a, a Doctor, which was quite nice in the build-up to the 50th. What is that strange blue orb that she's... I don't know, but I love it. <laughs> I want to try it, don't you? Yeah. I'll try anything. Oh, my God! Do you see that alien behind there? Yeah, it was did. literally the one with the, the long arms. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he was. I don't think he was that because it was very slim. So I think. Uh, he, uh, sorry, a prop. I, I love the smoking a seashell pipe in the background. Them <laughs> alien, them aliens over there. <laughs> and I love this alien. It's Glory. a woman, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this is exactly if I was getting a hop in the tarnish. This is the sort of place I'd want to go. <laughs> oh, look how he tickles her chin. It's gorgeous. It's it. You know, it just has this like. Wonderlust energy, doesn't it? I could say. I even though I can like recognize that's probably a BBC set and these are you know people in masks, I can buy it so much. Like, look there, you've got things going on to the right there with a couple of you got you got them all smoking the pipe up. (laughs) I love it. There's lots going. I compare this to something like The Beast Below, which I think does look cheap. I think they had like a similar sort of market scene there, but it felt a bit like a warehouse. Yeah, it's empty, isn't it? The Beast Below. This is sort of vibrant and colourful and full of life. Yes, yeah. Oh. I think it looks amazing. I want to know. Oh my god, these ones here, right, with the lights on their faces. Yeah, so funny because you know when they go to the where the she's singing, Mary Gallow singing, and they're obviously superimposing these people, you know, a hundred times to make it look like a massive <laughs> yeah. crowd, and you just see that those lit up faces there. There, 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 because <laughs> they've proposed it so many times. Oh, it's fabulous. I, I, I should pause. I've never paused it and like looked out. I, I sort of want to do that. I won't do it now, obviously. And she gets, um, so Clara gets like 10 minutes now, doesn't she, on her own. The doctor just pisses off and she gets 10 minutes to sort of explain why she's going to be a nice companion <laughs> by taking a child. Well, she's kind of doing that rose thing, isn't she? Of seeking out a character from that location, getting close to them, helping them out. Yeah, I don't know what the doctor's doing in this time. <laughs> he's just, like he's just been basically stalking her to make sure he, she's not. He may have just seen the alien sauna and he's popped in for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Clara. Ah, oh, here she is, Mary. I know. I think some people have a lot of objection to this episode just because of this little girl, you know. Who, let's be honest, is not the best actress or singer in the world. Yeah, I think she's good. But she's she's lovely. I, I, I she must be like ten. Yeah. Need I remind you, this is the half season that gave us Angie and Artie. Well, exactly. Uh, I, I can think of a lot of worse child actors. Next year, we're getting that. Do you remember that bunch from In the Forest of the Night? Oh, jeez, oh, Louise. <laughs> I'll take Merrick Alal over them any day. Yeah, I mean, she, she feels like a character. I say, I don't forget, she sings well. Yeah, Ed Bond loves the long song. She sings better than we did at the beginning of this episode, <laughs> that's for sure. Mm. Um, did you ever hear that version of the long song that Emily Cook put together of all the fans singing? I did. I yeah. Oh, that did. I thought that was lovely. That was peak lockdown, wasn't it? Mm. Oh, some fabulous things going on then as well. 
So, but is she supposed to sing forever until she dies? <laughs> the idea is the song goes on forever, isn't it? Otherwise, grandfather waits. No, up. doesn't she come back every like fifty years or something to to sing? But then it wouldn't be her, would it? Actually, fifty years not much of a job. I don't know, but I suppose this is a problem with uh, the story: is that it very much feels like it's being made up as it goes along. Somehow, it manages to like feel coherent in my head. I feel like if you kind of look at the nuts and bolts of it, it's been really well thought through. But because we sort of go from one location to another where we're another thing's revealed, you're right. It's got this sort of improvised feel. feel yeah, slightly. These um, yeah. robot yeah. men with the whispery voices, they look just like the ones out of um, Underworld. Do you think? Yeah, you know, with the masks on. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They haven't got the, the three red eyes, though. They're not quite as creepy. Those I, I really like the vigil. Um, it's a shame how they don't do anything because I think the design and the way they walk and the whisper that's got that's got legs for for a monster. I really like how um, as the story progresses, the threat gets bigger. It reminds me of the War Games. Um... <laughs> that's, that is not a comparison. I thought. Wait, wait, wait! Oh, let me hear me out. Hear me out. Okay, so in the war games, obviously, you start with you know the people uh, in the Second World War setting. They're the villains, and then you get like the war chief, and th and then you get the warlord, and then you get the time yeah, lords. And as the story progresses, the the villains get bigger and bigger and bigger. And here, you start with the vigil, then you get grandfather, and then you get a whole fucking planet. Yeah, but it's grandfather's alarm clock, isn't it? It's the it's the thing in the box. But the makeup on grandfather is fantastic. Yeah. I think that that annoys people, doesn't it? That that wasn't the villain. Because it... uh, I think some people wanted that to be a draconian for some reason. Do they look like God, I've, I've never thought of that. Yeah, I've about that, you know. I'll read it out to you later. But it does actually sort of look like one, doesn't it? Mm. Can I um... just uh, say the idea of sentimental currency, I think, is delightful. I think that's such a great idea. Yes. It's, it's almost not done enough, is it, in this episode? It's that, that you could base properly the episode around that. I mean, we genuinely keep things that have a lot of meaning, like, sentimentally, don't we? Yeah. So we, I'll tell you what, if, if that was our currency nowadays, I'd be a rich man. Things around me right now. <laughs> Honestly. Oh, yeah. You, you montage at the back there. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, I have other things around me, but I won't bore you with them all. Um, and <laughs> pulls out a dildo. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a drawer full of those, Jesus. <laughs> you ain't seeing those, all right? Um, but the TARDIS, um, <laughs> the TARDIS ignoring Clara. How do you want to talk about that? goes to TARDIS, honestly. <laughs> do we want to talk about that no okay <laughs> no, i've got one here that's pretty small <laughs> um why is the tardis not like clara is it because she's this space-time event yeah or uh because she's the hybrid um or part of the hybrid there's oh, you could factor into many different things i think it's probably oh, meant to be that. Um... Sorry, Luke, I forgot that plot even existed, the hybrid. <laughs> it's a strange sort of story beat because it never comes to anything. No. And that's not like Moffat, is it? He no. Chaos. That happens a lot in Seven, though, Series 7. I feel like he's teasing story arcs, but then 
his whole point of Series 7 was to be standalone. So he keeps doing little things, um, but then pulling himself back. Maybe he's, that's it. That's that's his trick this year. Is I'm going to make you think this is important, and it's actually nothing. Yeah, important. I mean, there's the light bulbs in Seven A, isn't there? That... Oh, watch the town called Mercy. You know, the light bulbs are flickering and yeah, yeah. The place. That was like I don't know. I thought that was nailed on, um, but then obviously nothing. I was going to get into it in a minute uh, because she says about getting scones in the Lake District, but there was a big Lake District conspiracy at the time. It went on to BBC Radio Cumbria um, because. They'd mentioned it three times in four episodes of Doctor Who. And it ne- the Lake District in Cumbria had never been mentioned in Doctor Who before or after. Do we so, know why? Was there a conspiracy? No, but I, I don't know. In my head, I was thinking like, oh, maybe the name of the Doctor's set in Windermere. I don't know. <laughs> but Because uh, Bells of St. John, he's in a monastery in Cumbria. And then <sighs> she says something about going to the scones in the Lake District in this. And then in Hyde, she mentions Carlisle. And then that was it. So this comes up a bit like little teasers of themes. And also, this was at the point when we watched Doctor Moffat Doctor Who with like trying to find every little thing. That's the thing as well is that in series uh, one in Equus's year, like we didn't know what we were going to get, and obviously Bad Wolf was teased for that season. We're at a point now where the people writing the show know the fans are looking for this stuff. Yeah. And Moffat is just playful enough to have some fun with that. Yeah, he loves it. Oh my so, god, here we go. Here's that massive arena. Where oh, I... I can see what you mean now. The lights <laughs> yeah. one, yeah. And you know what? This is fellow in drag with these weird sort of carnival lips painted on, and he's in about 12 places as well. <laughs> yes, yeah. Do you know, like, I like the idea of there being, you see, like, um, flat earthers, right? I know it's stupid, but the idea of you literally reaching a point on the earth where you could step off and then, I don't know, fall. And that's what this looks like. It looks like you could just step off Akaton and fall. I I don't know. That feels so alien and wonderful to me. I've had enough gins, you know, before to have just uh, been in that state where I'm just <laughs> off the earth. <laughs> oh, here she goes. There she, she goes. Oh, come on, Mary Galau. You can... Don't get it wrong, Mary. Yeah, you're going to wake up grandfather and then there's going to be a bloody angry planet coming at us. Look at these visuals. But also, like the you know how alien it is. It's not just the aliens and the CGI. The the idea of she's singing to then keep someone at rest and the sentimental currency of that. So it, they've really gone all out to try and do something really different. And I, and I just think in terms of going back to this cheap thing again, they they've given this a real sense of scale. We've been to a marketplace. We're in an arena now. We're seeing like whole whole other planets. Like this has a scale to it. Yeah, it's still Doctor Who. It's never Doctor Who is never going to have the scale, the 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 visual splendor of something like the Mandalorian. It's just never going to happen. I don't. No, think. and I, I almost don't want it to. It would no, spoil it. No, it's, it's, it's ruse, doesn't it? I like the fact that William Hartnell and Carol Ann Ford at one point were marching down that market. You know, having a job. Yes. Yeah. Walks. Oh, I bet you that someone could do a lovely artwork of that. Yeah. You know, oh, I would love that, to get that. Can someone please do that, please. I know some very creative people that listen to this thing. Yeah, that would be so lovely to see. Or can someone but, just superimpose them into a picture? Because that would be funnier. <laughs> this bit, um, with like Matt Smith with the glasses on, and he's, you know, telling Clara about the culture. And I think this is brilliant. This is like, Doctor Who is most like, this is what he does. He comes to planets and he just gets involved and he explores it. 
and he looks so doctor. It's unbelievable. It's fantastic. And you know, they kind of lose this in 7B. I feel like he does devolve into a series of sort of ticks and quirks, but here it's spot on. And do you know the bit I love? The bit that feels most doctorish to me, it's where he starts singing and he's really shit at it. Yeah. And he's just got kind of, uh, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, like, I don't know. If this was a Disney movie or something like that, he'd be bursting into song and he'd be the best person there. But he's Doctor Who and he's a bit shit. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's... It's just great, and it and it's got so much time to breathe. I mean, she's been singing for like two minutes now, <laughs> and we're all like, everyone's just watching it. It feels like you are there on the planet because nothing's really happened yet until right now. But oh wow, look at this guy in the red robes. He's loving it. He oh. always reminds me of Rimmer from Red Dwarf. I just <laughs> I can never shake it every time. You're a total bloody smeghead. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, some of these hangers are great. That one had Oud style um, tentacles coming out yeah, of his. Yeah, yeah. Some oh. of the, the CGI on on the eyes for some of the aliens, just to make it look a bit more real, is nice. I really, really appreciate the effort they've gone to. Like, and they made a big splash of that. I remember the confidential made a splash of it at the time. This is the most amount of aliens we've ever done for a Doctor Who story. Yeah. Oh, what's that? It possibly now? could be ever. He's off. She's off. she's. Flowing, flowing, flying away like Kai in... Uh... We'd never walk away. <laughs> Stop it. Did have such insistence there. <sighs> okay. So now they're going after... Oh, hang on. Is this where they go on the space bike? That's the camera yeah, yeah. I've ever seen in my life. It's when they're, they're holding onto it. They're like... Uh, 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 uh. That's probably the one effect that... Um, oh, it's, it it's my favourite. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so silly. So... Yeah, I mean, this like irks me, but it doesn't spoil my enjoyment at all. You. Yeah, the fact that he won't give his son exclusive either away when the TARDIS literally pops them out is a bit annoying. Like, there's not even a line, you know, to say to explain why. Yeah, that is true. He makes Clara give like her most sentimental ring to rent a moped when he could have done it with his son screwdriver. Why did she give the ring and not the leaf? She's saving that for later. Oh, yes, yeah, right. <laughs> to annoy Gallifrey Bays. You've got a big pumpkin head to take down, haven't she? Do you know what? It's not that bad, though, is it? Oh, look at it. Eat your heart out, Star Wars. Doctor Who's on a moped in space. I would... I don't want... This is the standard I'd want for Doctor Who effects, though. It would feel almost wrong if we had Star Wars level effects. When have we come? How have we come to a point where we are criticizing a Doctor Who for looking cheap when it has this much visual splendor? Like, yeah, I know. The, and you know, we, when has when has how Doctor Who looks ever been? It's never been the issue, has it? It's just never been the issue. No. I think um, the reason in that, that some of these shows like Star Wars and and stuff like that looks good is because they don't try as much as Doctor Who. You know, uh, Doctor Who is constantly pushing the bar of what it can do, especially on the BBC budget. But what, is it that, what is it that matters, yeah? Much rather we try. Than... The imagination, the creativity, the characterization, the emotion. And this has got all of that. Sort of special effects. Yeah, I, I've never cared for special effects. Really. But, I, but they are good. Look at that. Look at that planet that's yeah, riding no, around in the background. Almost underselling it, aren't we? But... And this is a fantastic set, I think, as well. And the bit, you know, when he gets up and he smashes the glass in slow motion. Yeah. 
But if this is a great looking monster, I can see why people are a bit sad. I'm, I I I prefer the vigil though. I think the vigil have got a bit more about them. But then at you least, just at least there's a reason for everything. Do you remember the Whispermen in Name of the Dog? Oh, yeah, well, they're cool. Come on, they man. were cool, but what the hell were they all about? <laughs> we found out. <laughs> everything here kind of fits together like a little puzzle, you know? Yeah. Oh, okay. I do see people were having their bit of a whinge about uh, Matt Smith waving this screwdriver about a lot, and he does it, it, a lot in this, this episode. Yeah, but th it's another thing, as like I said, that should annoy me, but I don't. It doesn't. Yeah, it is, Actually, it? I quite like it when he says this extremely heavy door. <laughs> He's setting up that joke in Day of the Doctor where John Hurt goes, "It's it's by putting up shelves. Why do you keep waving screwdrivers about?" <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. I do you know what I do think that in terms of like sentimentality and the color palette and all of that, there's something there is something a little Disney-ish about this that I can I'm a massive Disney fan, mate. It doesn't feel childish though. And I'm not saying Disney is there, but like it it doesn't feel childish. Hmm. It still feels aimed at like a family audience. Whereas I think the the moment at the end where she offers the leaf that's one of the most mature moments in this season it's <laughs> yeah no i agree i don't know why people oh, i'll get to it i just don't know why people focus on the leaf so much like well, oh, what do you think that's what people's problem is the fact that the leaf i think i think the leaf's a big problem with this for people, you know what? Yeah. That, people but, that didn't like the frog on the chair well, what the fuck do they know that frog was amazing well yeah the frog on the chair is good i mean that's the most probably the most doctor who thing that's come out of jody's time i think that idea of, of a, a universe be the frog on the chair no taking a dalek down with a microwave that was pretty good as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah true uh, yeah. okay what's occurring yeah <laughs> right we've stopped watching now we've we should be watching shouldn't we rim is still singing why is he still singing? He's waking up, mate. That's <laughs> proper blokey series five, Matt Smith. Back there. You know, and we're actually, where are we? We're two thirds through this now. Like, it moves at a good lick. Yeah. It's it just, that first bit just has time to breathe. So you're just on the world. You, I don't feel like there's, a, there's an episode where you feel as on an alien world as Akaten. Uh, for better or for worse, for some people. But... Oh, are you sure? The Doctor's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> that bit where Martha goes into the bog gang. <laughs> oh, you can her. see it just on the edge of cracking laughing as the half slowly dies. I think as well, a lot of people have bought into this uh, Rusty Davis idea. I love Rusty Davis and what he did with Doctor Who and is going to do. Of, you know, oh, we shouldn't go to the planet Zog where you know there's no human characters you know it should always be kind of grounded in the earth yeah i i loved it when we went off to the planet of vortis and saw the butterfly people and the ants and all that you know yeah i i agree with that though i agree that it should be grounded it should be zog but you should also be reacting and try to do different things and we hadn't be we hadn't done an alien planet like this forever you know hey, this one sticks out because Basically, between in New Who, we have this is the Alien Planet episode. Well, I think they're reluctant to do it because they don't think they can match what other shows can do. Yeah, and I, I get they, they play it safe and you know do a lot on Earth. As a Graham Williams fan that you are, 
that that sort of makes sense that this this will be a favorite. I get massive Graham William vibes. It is a little bit over the top. It's very colorful. It's really exotic. Yeah. But they kind of got the money here to do what Graham Williams could. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he had it all up here. But he yeah, he, he knew what he was doing. I think, yeah, I think he did. I think he's he's very underrated. He's one of those um, producers that I think because he's not alive and he can't do interviews and conventions and stuff, it sort of gets forgotten about. But it is an era I think that's been reevaluated. Yeah, I can't wait for the key to time box set to come out and everyone to reevaluate that because I love the key to time. That, that might be my favorite season of Classic Who, key to time. I don't oh, think... it's one of mine, definitely one of mine. Yeah, the comedy is probably the well, it's probably the best for comedy between just, a doctor and companion. The witty lines in the cause of science, we should capture that creature. Sorry, <laughs> I'm so sorry, we're talking about rings. Yes, up. we've just missed uh, a beautiful speech between Matt Smith and Mary Gillel. Uh, where he tells her that all the atoms in the universe have oh. coalesced to to make her, and there will only be one Mary Galel. I'll give you this, all right, about Max Smith, okay? Because he doesn't convince me as a doctor ninety percent of the time. But when they give him a good speech, like that fabulous speech in um, Vincent and the Doctor, when he says to Amy about all the piles of good stuff and the bad yes. stuff, that's amazing. The speech when he regenerates, you know, it's. I, I think I think he turns any speech into gold. He, he's by far the best doctor for speeches and he gets some good ones but i i genuinely think this is his best one the one he gets in this it's it's a strange one because it's uh on paper it's the most stupid thing it's just you know what he does that a lot of other actors wouldn't do he fucking goes for it oh i know that's like he goes i either commit to this a hundred percent or I look a bit, yeah. Peter Davison would be going, you know, oh, take it all, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a convention out there where they've made read the speech. I want to hear that. You hear Colin Baker doing it? Yeah. <laughs> He's not got a clue what's going on. <laughs> He's like, take it all, baby. <laughs> It's no. It, the thing is, with the speech like it, it's a load of nonsense, isn't it? It's rambling about memories and Doctor Who law and everything. But then Matt Smith makes it utterly incredible. He makes I it the most know. quotable thing ever. One of those times when I just buy how old he is and what yes. he's experienced, you know. And he talks about just like in Survival, where he's like, "Oh, the city's made of songs and people made of this and that." And he talks about all these places. And I'm like, "Well, the rest of this season is so fucking boring." Why aren't we going to those places? Yeah, they sound it, amazing. It's, yeah. I mean, Russell is very good at, you know, doing them sentences that you think, oh, I'd love to go see that planet. And, this. and he says all this, and it's stuff that's already happened to him. And I think, oh, I want to go and watch, like, the mind robber now, because he says about being in the universe of a mind of a madman and stuff. And you just, oh. you want to go back and see the episodes. It's, I mean, again, this is like... Line, just that one line about the universe of a mad, mad... He just, the way he emphasises every word of that speech. Yeah. I and you think, you think he's giving it 100%, and then the tears start coming down his eyes. Yeah. And oh. then the director gets in on it as well, and we start panning out upwards, don't we? Yeah. Frustrating to camera. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Do you know what? It, it just yeah, it just shouldn't be quotable, but it is like sometimes I'll just be making a cup of tea and I'll just shout, "Make parasite gods blaze!" But I don't think it's any less like what he's saying is I've experienced all these things. If you want 
this emotion and bloody take it from me because I've I've seen it all. It's no more over the top than that bit in the Silence of the Library where he's like, "Oh, you know, I'm in every book going. Look me up, you know, <laughs> look me up, baby. Take me up. <laughs> Read it all, baby." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I might have made a tactical boo boo. <laughs> I'll say, yeah. you know. Oh, usually uh, I said something salacious. Oh, he, there's a really good line here when he's like, I've seen bigger. She's like, have you? And he goes, No, it's massive. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I think it's a, a crying shame Neil Cross didn't come back and do more. I, I, this is Neil Cross, my favorite Series 7 writer. And I think it was the reaction to this episode that did it because it, it didn't go down well. This episode, like, like as much as you and I love every second of it, I don't think it's it's considered. You know, no, I don't get it. I'd honestly thought until you know we'll go through the comments at the end, but I honestly thought this had had a reappraisal by people who didn't like it. But it doesn't look like that at all. There's um, more positive comments in that thread though than I thought there would be. Yeah. Okay. I'm interested when we get there. Yeah. yeah. It can't just be me reading them all out, you know. I'm going to have to ask you to get it up on, so you yeah, can yeah, okay, them as well. I can get it up. Uh, I, <laughs> I have heard that rumour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here it is. I've seen bigger. Are <laughs> you <laughs> joking? That's it. That's <laughs> <laughs> a child, isn't he? <laughs> so now he's off on the space bike. Or is he taking the TARDIS? I can't remember. No, no, she's off on the space bike. He's, uh, he's going to confront Grandfather. He's such an old ham as well. He goes right back to, to that uh, stadium, doesn't he? It, he doesn't go anywhere. He just walks around the corner. Does he still... <laughs> 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 oh, no, she... She, she goes... gets on the move. He, he's telling her to go away. She's like, but you said we never go away. And he's like, well, sometimes you've got to because you've got a kid. Um, and then, yeah. Okay, I'm going to drop now the bit I think is extraordinary about the performances here because what you have <clears throat> are two very contrasting styles matt smith takes this speech and he literally chews it up and spits it out in the most incredibly kind of emotional and over-the-top way and i think it's phenomenally good and then she comes in and does her speech with the leaf and she underplays yes. it yeah so delicately i think it's jenna Collins' best performance in doctor who that's but that bit. of all dear it honestly like i thought i genuinely don't feel much for clara throughout her run <laughs> where she's got the leaf in her hand and she says it's the most important leaf the in. most important it, leaf the acting is is i mean i um, I've, i'll say when capaldi comes along with Capaldi and Coleman, you've probably got the strongest actors in the new series that have played the Doctor. Potentially. Um, I don't think they're characterised particularly well. I, I sort of struggle when people say uh, Capaldi's the best actor to play the Doctor. I think it's a very easy one to just say. Um, because well, I think when he finds... Capaldi's a fantastic actor. Oh, yeah, I think he's a great actor. But when people say he's the best actor to play the Doctor, like it's a given... Uh, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think once he finds his feet, he's very, very, very good. But uh, I think he gets, he makes wrong choices in series eight, I along think, with think, the writing. 
Moffat makes wrong choices and then he makes wrong choices in nine, but then in ten, there's this fusion of just yes. perfection. I don't know what goes on. <laughs> no. Oh, no. oh, of course he fucks River Song, doesn't he? That irons him out perfectly. Honestly. I mean, Matt Smith here is just talking to uh in real life. And he's just he's to just... the planet as well, you know, because it looks like a big jack-o'-lantern. Yes. But I think no, no, that but that gets across to the kids what this is about you know i think again like you said it's just it's just another level of scale we're just up in the stakes again but like essentially it's a big evil planet isn't it yeah rather a big hungry planet i mean this for people who don't like this episode i mean the the speech is iconic though isn't it? everyone knows it i don't see how you could have a speech this iconic and the episode be so low down the list i just it surprises me i, I you, love you... For me, if there's a if there's a good scene in a bad episode, it usually gets a few points. But I kill there's the moon. Yeah, I mean, there's no good scenes in the forest of the night. So no, we... that is that is. I really love the the visual of silhouetting them up against the planet as well. That's really striking. It's gorgeous, and it's even more striking after Clara does her speech, and the Doctor is kind of broken. And on yeah, his... he's on the floor like one he's leg, standing looking down at him. But oh, this is just with the music swelling. And I mean, look at this. Visuals. These could all be desktop pictures, couldn't they? They're gorgeous. Yeah. I walked <sighs> away from the last Great Time War. I marked the passing of the Time Lords. I saw the birth. Still, like, in the build-up to the 50th, though, as well, this was just tingles. This Because this was, you know, you were you, at the time, you all this was just what you wanted, references and, and build-up. And it was like, oh, my God. Yeah. It just fucking gives we it. We were grabbing life. onto anything on the lead up to the 50th because we were like, this is important. You know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is what he's saying. I've watched universes freeze and creations burn. I've seen things you wouldn't believe. Like it is a little bit pretentious. I know things. But secrets Knowledge never be that told. must never be spoken. Knowledge that make parasite gods blaze. Well, come on. The... <laughs> he does know secrets that can never be told, you know. I told him in that case order. To keep that to himself, all right? <laughs> Take it all, baby! Oh, my God. Did you ever think, hear did every you ever... doctor do that speech? Every one of them? Yeah. McCoy, oh, my God. <laughs> ah, <laughs> Take it all, baby! <laughs> I, I think he's definitely done it, you know. I think The ones I know have done it, I'm sure McGann has done it and Baker's done it. I want to hear the Davo cut, though. Did you hear her timing then? He'd done that whole speech, and then right at the end, she went... Wake up! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! People moan about the um the gravity, but like if we're gonna be nitpicked here about oh, science and Doctor Who, just I mean I I I've got a physics degree and I am not asked about gravity. You know, I've seen that moon cracking, you know, a bit. It's just it's just not important, is it? It's an alien world, so you can just say. You know what yeah. happens when you know you adhere to science. You get something as I was about to say as dreary as Star Trek. I've got a Star Trek podcast. I bet. <laughs> oh, I'd say the only complaint I had on initial transmission was I was annoyed that she could drive the moped on her own. <laughs> that was my only complaint. <laughs> what were you there going? Oh, really? Yeah, literally. I was like, that is ridiculous. I want to believe that the Doctor would choose someone cool enough to be able to drive a space moped without tuition. Yeah. Oh. Oh, here we go. Can I let you into a little secret? Yeah. Oh no, I can't believe I'm going to say this on mic. Somewhere on my phone, right? 
I, I recorded this was I don't know why I did it. I must have been having an emotional day. I recorded me doing the Clara speech. It's on my phone. I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna put it out. Yes. Yeah, please release it. Please release it. Honestly, it's even better than Jenna Coleman. Seriously. But I I sort of view the Bell St. John and Rings of Acton as not a two-parter, but they are related, aren't they? Because they're both introducing Clara. Uh, the leaf is brought in at the Elves and Bells of St. John. It's like a thing. And then this is this is basically her letting go of the past. And after this, she travels with the Doctor. But do you know, uh, do you know why this touches me as much as it does? I'm not, I wasn't planning on getting serious, but I'm going to get serious for a second. I lost my mum a few years ago. And so the stuff she's saying about days that were never lived and a future that never was like that really touches me because yeah. that's exactly how i feel about my mom you know that's really nice that they put it into words so well yeah. and it's it's poetic you know it's it's a really poetic way so i just love it when the moffat here does poet poetic resolutions this is probably my favorite we, and I, I agree, but I think a lot of people disagree. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I'd rather this than another one of those love conquers all endings. You or know? you know, like the endings you get where the doctor runs around some machine and he presses a couple of buttons, and then it's done. Mm. How could or I he think... scales some great height and you know has, uh, waves his sonic through? Okay. Hungry. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know why people fixate on like a leaf when. It's just a. Oh, there's so answer. much more to it. What's it? They have no soul. Yeah, I agree. Are you listening out there, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I don't know though. You know, I think we've been positive enough throughout this, and found enough reasons that people may go back and watch this and reevaluate it a little bit. I hope so. I mean, it's one of them. There's holes to pick everywhere. I think uh, we <laughs> totally bypassed the. The never before mentioned secret song that opens the secret door to get them out of the pyramid. I mean, that is just bollocks. But it's because you're on an alien world, you just run with it. It's but I think you know, and a lot of people do this in the Jodie Whittaker era. Uh, no, you ain't immune. And a lot of people go looking for these problems sometimes. Yes, you know, and sometimes just roll with it. I think if you don't like the Doctor or the era or how it's going. You will always find the really bad things because it's I I do do it with with the. I do it too. I do it in the Moffat era. I'm like, oh well, that's shit, right? That's another one. Because when you know when you really like an era or love the Doctor, whatever, you just don't care. They have no effect on you whatsoever. It's. I mean, I absolutely adore the Chase and Tom and the Rani. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you now, there's a few flaws in there. Well, the Chase is one that's been reappraised, hasn't it? I mean, you don't really find someone who says they don't like the Chase, right? It's most marvellous that it's been reappraised. Yeah, yeah. Everyone seems to like it now. I mean, talk about when Doctor Who production values were at their height. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's going on? Sorry, I'm, I'm so busy talking to you. I've, I've... He's, uh, he he gave her the ring back. When did that happen? <laughs> he, he gave her the ring back. Uh, yeah, they've left Akaten. <laughs> and the sun's been defeated. I think that's why people don't like the gravity thing. Oh, next time, Cold War. You oh no how you know what i mean i shouldn't be saying mean things because we lost david warner this week yeah so, but oh isn't it dreary yeah it's dreary do you know what i really don't like about it you don't see the ice warrior kill anyone it's written by mark gatiss <laughs> <laughs> he's not the best is he it's not the... don't take him out of the suit that's the that's their usp yeah <laughs> 
I, I, I get it as it's sort of different today. The issue is the suit looks so sick, and the the other things just the CGI, CGI looks wall, doesn't terrible, it? doesn't it? Yeah, right. I, I know in uh, series ten when they had Empress of Mars, that female ass warrior, she was amazing. Yeah, she's class. Uh, the the um, I read on Wiki before we started this. There's an ice warrior out of its shell on Akaten somewhere, and I don't know if this yeah. is true, but I I might go back and watch it again because I didn't know that. <laughs> um, well, look before we explore Twitter. Um, yeah. And people's rather insane opinions. Sorry, everybody listening. Um, we need to detail three reasons. A oh, yeah. Back and forth. You one, me one. Why The Rings of Akaten is a sorely undervalued story. Uh, sorely undervalued because it's the best looking alien planet we've ever had in Doctor Who. It's number one. That's, that's a bold claim now. What about Second Acts? <laughs> what's that that's a great show in the galaxy oh that is a proper gap in my knowledge now. Oh. um uh okay well my my first is i think that and i'm going to take both of these out so you can't have either one of these the regulars are at their height at at this point in this this is this is the best of matt smith and jenna coleman i think in this half season uh, and they're both given characterization that they can get their teeth into and really explore. I think they're both charismatic, and I cannot take my eyes off them. Uh, right, okay. Well, I, I I need to sort of cheat a little bit and take a bit of that one, because this is famously what I said on the podcast, the episode I would choose if I had 45 minutes left to live <laughs> to watch. There's <laughs> 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 people spitting out their tea right now. <laughs> Um, but uh, Matt Smith in this is everything I want the Doctor to be in 45 minutes I think it's I, I always feel a bit wrong for saying it because it's not one of the big ones but I think it is my favourite Doctor performance that there is especially in the new series because he gets to play every beat I think it's like sly adventurous uh, unpredictable funny knowledgeable loud um, you know uh, explorey defeated flirty and he's like dazzling, you know, it's just every beat that the Doctor can be, should be, he naturally gets to perform over this 45 minutes. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's my favourite Doctor performance of all time. That's, wow, that's extraordinary. Someone's even stopped wanking. Yo, <laughs> so shocked. <laughs> for that. Um, sorry. I, thought said, I thought he said Mark had gone away for the weekend. Oh, shut up! <laughs> I don't say his name! Oh my uh, god! <laughs> edit. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were the half had got away for the weekend. <laughs> um, and oh, I've lost my train of thought. Shall I? Okay, I am going to make a pun for the production value of this thing, uh, which I think has massive, massive ambition and reaches maybe two thirds of it. But uh, the amount of effort, the prosthetics, the CGI, the sets, I think they pour a lot of money into this one. And uh, I just always think there's something of visual interest to see all throughout the entire episode. It's a really pretty episode. Yeah, that's a good one. I think that they've really tried. They've just really tried to bring it to life. It's, it looks great. Um I should have really ended on the Matt Smith one because it's such a bold statement. So. No, what are you going to say? Merrick Allow for your last one. I, well, yeah, I think I was going to say 
the long song really in, in general it's quite that was my one go on it, it's quite a banger in, in itself and what what a banger yeah like a banging tune <laughs> okay you and me call bangers very different things <laughs> um, <laughs> um but i think i like that it ties into this isn't just an alien planet but it's a proper alien culture and world and society and it's all seemingly based around this song that's quite weird quite operatic um and that's really catchy i mean you can't you will definitely go around tonight once this podcast is finished and your head will just be like wake up because it's just there. after we sang it they're never gonna want to hear it ever again <laughs> um yeah banger Oh, God, now I've got to think of a third one. That was my... The long song was literally my... <laughs> okay. A lullaby uh, without end. <laughs> without... Well, let's keep going then, shall we? <laughs> uh, I think we should celebrate, therefore, Neil Cross for having the nerve for writing oh. the piece of dialogue, Oh My Stars. Yes. Oh, how did we not talk about that? Yeah. Has, has never been heard before or since with good reason. No, that's not my third thing. Of course it's not my third thing. Agreed. It should have been Clara's last words I think, as she flew off in the diner. Yeah, it, it probably should have done, do you know. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to say for my third thing, I think the score... So I've mentioned every level of the production now, really, uh, apart from the direction. Um, but I think the score for this is... And that kind of ties into the long song as well. But it has a very uh, lovely childlike score to it. That runs through it. I think, especially with the scenes with Mary Galau. Murray Gold, I think, is very praised for his early work in Doctor Who. Yeah. Latter day stuff, people don't really rate very much. But actually, when he was on form right to the end, I think he delivered extraordinary work. Yeah, I think uh, the early stuff, it's like every single one is is great, isn't it? it just and, fresh, didn't it? So original. Yeah, and memorable and everything. And then He's obviously always trying to do something different. Uh, and when it comes off, you get like your Akatans and your, your Heaven Sent scores and stuff. But there's a there's a couple that just go under the radar thing. So people people don't think he's as good. He's always good. He's always good, yeah. I think I, I would like to give Neil Cross a bit of a, a, a kudos as well, though. Because I think he's the best Zoe Seven writer. And his dialogue's really good. He, he, seem, he seemingly gets the Doctor... And and Clara actually probably better than most of the others, um, and yeah, he. I just wish he came back. It's maybe his plots, his plotting doesn't seem too great. Like there's so much wishy-washy stuff in the Rings of Atten, but the dialogue, the back and forth between Matt Smith and Clara, the way they bond, some of the jokes, it's just good and different. Yeah, big fan. It is witty, and you, you know what? I'm a soppy fuck, so I love all the sentimental stuff. I yeah, me too. That at all, and all the all the times Rusty Davis lent into it, and some of the times in early sort of Matt Smith's time with Amy Pond, I love it. All that speech at the end of the Angel Takes Manhattan, where she's talking about all the adventures that she's had. Oh yeah, it's beautiful, and that's as schmaltzy as Doctor Who ever got. Yeah, give me sop. I love sop. Yeah, me too, me too. Well, okay, should we take to social media? Oh, yes, please. I have to say, okay. Well, have you got it up as well? Yeah, I'll get it now, yeah. All right, let's do one apiece. Okay, so I'm going to say, oh, Mark Doddick. 
you know, he's a very sexy man, you know. Oh, <laughs> shouldn't say that out loud. Um, he says, I still bear a grudge against the episode because this guy didn't turn out to be a draconian, but otherwise I'd rather enjoy it. Oh, yeah, look at the picture. Do you know what? He's right. It doesn't look like a draconian. Yeah, that, that is mad because I've never thought it, but it doesn't half look like one. <laughs> well, come on in. Who, who have you got? Uh, okay, I've got Dave Rennie, who says... Maybe it's just me, but I've always found this one very hard to follow. I applaud the ambition of the episode, but the visuals don't always come off, sadly. What? Uh, we love you, but we think you're wrong. Love the underworld like gods. You said <gasps> that? You said that? I've never thought that either. Oh, it's got an original idea these days. Um, but the whole leaf thing is a load of old twaddle to me. The <laughs> most important leaf in human history, you. Dave. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> okay oh. well, i've got someone whose name here is so long i've actually got to go into their page to see what it is frankenstein cannot be found in the ocean goodbye <laughs> what an intriguing twitter name that is he says fantastic visuals belting performance from matt smith but somehow managed to be lackluster and that unbearably what? cringy barking alien he's still mad doreen doreen oh, oh. what's wrong with him honestly frankenstein tardis translation circuit anyone one of the few stories I don't like. Oh, that sounded like they were a fan. <laughs> it started off so positive. <laughs> Fantastic visuals, belting performance. One of the few stories I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, okay. Go? <laughs> I've got Martin. Uh, that, that's all I've got. At Tom Martin is the Twitter name. It's one of the more unusual stories, which is no bad thing, as one of the best things about the show is its ability to do wildly different episodes. For me, this is Doctor Who as rock opera. Oh, I like that. Rock uh, opera. Oh, yes. With one of the best Doctor speeches, but the whole infinite possibilities leaf still bothers me. <laughs> you know, it's like sort of the rock, where, you know, where people sound like they're smashing up a kitchen and like screaming their heads off. Yeah. Imagine that version of the long song, you know. <laughs> <laughs> please no <laughs> don't get colin baker to do that one uh, he did doctor in distress you know he has yeah, form yeah. um okay oh god here we go fraser gregory's got a comment oh, no. it's three tweets he's written a fucking essay look at this okay <laughs> hit me up ready much loathed really are people on glue this is great <laughs> yes how moffat gives clara some backstory and depth Marvel at how Clara honestly thinks this is a date, but the Doctor doesn't realise. Be amazed at the array of alien creatures paraded before us. Uh, the end of the world via the cantina in Star Wars. Love saves the day in a very timey-wimey way, with the possibilities of days to come being more precious than living in the past. Hmm, maybe there's a moral there, fandom. Smith is superb. Coleman is rising to the task. Our arc is front and centre. I love Clara calling out for the Doctor's stalkeriness at the end, but still wanting to come back for a second date. Dirty bitch. But obviously, the big talking point is the long song. Wowzers. Murray Gold nails it when he wants to do it, doesn't he? This is a firm favourite of mine. Oh, God damn it. He's gone and done it in three tweets. Oh, I know. I was just like, we have. you got the wrong person on the podcast. He's just he's just done an infinitely better job than me. You know what's annoying as well is I literally spend my entire podcast uh, like time disagreeing with him, and I agree with every word he said there. Oh, I, I mean, I'm glad he picked up on the date thing because I get that vibe all the way through 7B. Um, yeah, end of the world. What, what did he say towards the end? Before the um, long song bit. Before the long song bit. 
Uh, so the arc is front and center. He likes Clara calling out on the doctor being a stalker. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, no, he makes some very good points. Don't tell anyone, but he does. <laughs> Your turn. Um, as well, to counteract that, we've got Bernard at Bernard JKD, one of the least good pieces of any fiction across any media <laughs> I've ever watched. <laughs> well, Bernard, we respect your opinion. He must be a Cold War fan. I bet he is. Yeah, I bet he loves the Dominators as well. <laughs> Bernard, um, thank you very much. <laughs> okay, Lit Roundels. Oh, man, have you seen this guy? What a hoy, honestly. Uh... I'm trying to get him to come on this, you know, and, he, and I haven't quite convinced him yet. But tell him how good it is. Go on. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Good looking man. No! Tell him how good it is coming on this thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I just got him up on Twitter. That's a... <laughs> no, he's very handsome. Okay, first Doctor Who episode to make me want to turn off. Oh, I've got uh, right off you now. <laughs> retract, retract. Honestly, I actually, I'm having a good look at the picture. Um, second thoughts. No, I loathe the self-satisfied Series B, Clara. Coleman and Smith brought out the worst in each other. Looks oh. very cheap. Story doesn't interest me. Yuck. Music nice in places. Plus, we get another one of those dire speeches that every other actor is forced to repeat at convention which other doctor could you see pulling that speech off well not colin baker uh, none of them um it's not neil cross's fault that it's wheeled out at every convention though um it, it, so someone said something about a love saves the day ending but i don't think it is love saves the day it's 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 more subtle than that um it's a lot more nicer definitely um what the, the previous one uh what he said about live it like it's much more important for the days that it's coming to live in the past that's the theme of the episode yeah. that's it's it's not as it's not just a leaf that's what winds me up well and it's not just a frog is it it's a well, no, yeah. universe you know <laughs> people get so obsessed about the details um although i will just say very briefly we are obviously taking the mickey out of people's opinions here all opinions are perfectly valid. oh yeah 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 Except if they don't marry with ours. Um, okay, well, you've got to do someone else. Go on. Uh, Andy Parkinson says, Wait, this is one of the most hated? Seriously? I quite enjoy this one. <laughs> uh, Clara is good. I like the music. It looks amazing too. Okay, it's not the best, but blimey, there's plenty of stories worse than this. Well, th that's the sort of thing I thought would be the general reaction. That, yeah. okay... It's not my cup of tea, but Christ, there's worse. I mean, I think I think what we're seeing from this is it's polarizing in extreme opposite directions, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's that like, you did love monsters last time. That's exactly the same. Yeah, we we need to do more. <laughs> what, what other one can we do that everyone hates that we love? Well, we'll find okay. out. I've got the poll. Brendan A. Jones says massively improved in my estimation on watching for Flight for Entirety's upcoming season 7b run a real showcase for jenna's talent my question always oh, got a question for you you ready oh, yeah did either of you think grandfather or akaten was a returning villain or monster and if so which oh no i, I never i never thought that neither did i i don't there's nothing in it really is there to suggest that they would return they would have to go back to akaten i suppose maybe grandfather like the sun just vanishes Maybe I, mean, I thought when they mentioned the first doctor and then they mentioned grandfather, I thought, no, they're not going to have William Hartnell turn up in this. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, in name of the doctor, when you see the old 
doctors. That he, there should have been a clip of him on Akaten. Because they put Patrick Charlton in that weird California beach, which doesn't make any sense at all. Hello, we put those together, you know. He's got fantastic work out there on YouTube. Is it, um, what's his name? Uh, Stuart Humphreys, I think. Yeah, Spabel Cullen. Yeah, yeah oh, it's fantastic. He does. Okay. Um, also, it's, you know, it's your yes, go ahead. Uh, I've got uh, Brian Coombe, AD2022. I thought it was almost universally loved. Oh. I remember being stunned by it. I didn't enjoy the episode. Uh, oh, I didn't enjoy the episode, but <laughs> I, I admired the audacity of bringing so many aliens together, essentially for a sit-down singer-thumb, uh, while the Doctor yells at a giant pumpkin about the wickedness of religion. Interesting. Okay, oh, I've got a great one here. The guy's called Babel's, Bagels and Locks. And he says it's just one draft and a guest score from Peter Gabriel. Oh, hang on. It's just one draft and a guest score from Peter Gabriel away from Absolute Genius. Oh, what does that mean? It's, it's already genius. I, I could sort of get it. There's little bits in it that could be streamed a bit. But then I quite... Doctor Who should never be perfect, should it? <laughs> That's, yeah. it's a, there's a bit of me that always thinks that. I can give uh, a Doctor Who a 10 out of 10 because of my experience of it, but I'll always find an imperfection somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Go on, uh, DWSSG. Love this episode. Yes, the plot disappears into silliness. Savage. Uh, but there's lots to like. Matt Smith is particularly great, and Gold's music has never been more emotional. Mm. Yeah, I agree with them. I think I think it, Matt Smith's easily best performance is Series 7. In my opinion, that one. But, yeah. uh, there's a question here. Another question for you. You ready? Yeah. Stephen Alex. Oh, here we go. He's just like Fraser Gregory. He's always coming at me. He's always telling me off, in my opinion. Does a mid-season oddball episode really warrant the Doctor bursting into tears and going emotionally stratospheric? <laughs> I mean, what does it really matter if it's mid-series? Surely you should always be aiming to do the most, the biggest and best thing with Doctor Who. If you got given an episode of Doctor Who to write, you're not just going to go, well, this is mid mid-series, so I'll just do it. You go as fucking balls to the wall as you could. He'd be having so much sex, I'll tell you what, honestly. <laughs> the sort of person that writes a mid-series episode is Mark Gatiss with Cold War. That's someone yeah, who sat down. You're, right. you're absolutely right. He, he writes it like it's a mid-season yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. He's wrote, he sat down and gone, this is only mid-series. Paul Cornell wasn't, when he sat down and typed up Human Nature from his book, it didn't go well. Yeah, we're going to make this like a mid-season episode, you know. Yeah, exactly. Neil Cross was thinking, this is going to be the the finale of all Doctor Who. And Stephen <laughs> Moffat was like, oh, I'm going to sit down and write Blink. You watch it. I'm going to knock those all those other fuckers out of the park. <laughs> uh... Okay, your turn. Joe Short says, I had checked out of the series by this point as I didn't like anyone in it. Oh, my. I th well, Joe, I, I understand. I do. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know how, if you don't like anyone in it, that suggests didn't like Matt Smith. So it's quite a late point in the Smith era to check out. That is true. That is true. But, well, um, Joe wants to come on and do a, a commentary on Sleep No More. So oh, maybe that's that. <laughs> there um okay well i've got a question for you again from simon hart the love of my life um is this a story where even doctor who's much bigger budget now can't quite match the writing can they pull the visuals off i actually think the writing is not asking for 
huge amounts. I think it's an episode where they've gone, we want to try our best to make this this episode look absolutely amazing. I think they could compromise certain aspects of this uh, quite easily, I think. But they've obviously gone balls to the wall to try and make it a big alien planet thing. Uh, I don't think you should ever restrict Doctor Who, really. Especially no, modern Doctor like Who. Oh, classic series, isn't yeah. it? The pirate planet. Look, he's like, yeah, we're going to have a... <laughs> A space jumping planet that eats other planets. All yeah. right, pull that off. There's times when you think, oh, maybe I don't know, like the Bob Baker episodes. You know, they they were always renowned for maybe aiming too high, um, but then it, it's going to balance out, isn't it? Different writers, different um, vibes, different episodes every week. That's the beauty of Doctor Who. I don't think you should ever restrict it because of money. Be ambitious in the writing and the production. Yeah. If you're going to fall on your face, well, you're going to do it. Doctor Who fans are very forgiving, or apparently not. <laughs> uh, Nathan Bottomley chipped in at the end of that, by the way, and said, no, they can't really, but I'm not sorry they tried, which I think is a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nathan. Uh, okay. Who have we got? Uh, did you... Oh god! I just say that it begins with an X. X. Ristos, Ristos, Curtis. There we go. Uh, oh, it's also a three-parter. Go on, off you go. I recently watched again and enjoyed it. Some great visuals. Not one monster, but three. Mm. Nice bits of world building and interesting premise. I thought it was very much like the Beast Below in construction. You did say that. Um, this is the companions episode. Clara saves the day, like Amy. I wonder if the dislike stems from being otherworldly uh, and it is the human companion that saves the day and not the alien. The Doctor not being Doctorish enough. Oh, what? Oh, I can't. The, literally the most Doctorish I've ever seen. Uh, I do buy the budget is the problem. Hello, web planet. <laughs> Savage. It is visually interesting and it is different change. I don't think it looks bad at all. Um, maybe I'm just... Delusing. I think it is visually interesting. So, Yes. Uh it goes on to say, I also think this goes back to the fairy tale element of Moffat series five. Kept thinking of Hansel and Gretel escaping from the gingerbread house appearance slash reality, trapping children, <laughs> eating children <laughs> slash childhood memories, the witch being tricked into the other. Okay, he's lost me a bit towards the end, but, <laughs> but um, I agree with the fairy tale element and the episodes of series seven that are by far my favorite are the ones that bring that back. So this and The Snowmen are probably my two favourite episodes. And Zristos Curtis, I applaud you. You've managed to fit more content in three tweets than I usually do in an entire podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, eating children, though. I don't, really, I don't get that bit towards the end. I have. <laughs> if they're on the menu. Uh, okay, Jason Thompson has to say, should be great, some intriguing ideas, but it bugs the hell out of me that they seem to forget what space is. Oh, uh, yeah, I need to give this some context, right? Because he knows his science. This is a guy who had a nervous breakdown over Kill the Moon, all right? Right, yeah. He's, he became famous on a forum because he went so insane over Kill the Moon. He became famous for it. Okay. okay. <laughs> science was wonky. Uh, he puts flying between asteroids on a space bike with hair flapping in the wind. Indeed. <laughs> and what happens if you get rid of something, the thing you're standing on is orbiting? No. Right? We don't need to worry about these things. I th th right. So because kill the moon is our moon that one really winds me up i i'm so i'm on his side there that one 
it's all that's unforgivable to me. I think if you make that any other moon, it, you can buy it honestly. But you make it Earth's moon, and it's hey, they're trying like to put that human element in it again now, aren't they? So... Well, yeah, that that's it, isn't it, to make it relatable? But uh, this you can just Too go fast, well, Stephen Moffat, honestly. <laughs> it's Akaten physics. That, that that's literally how I explain it in my Akaten physics. This space physics, as Terry Nation would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> You go for what makes He's going to come at me now and say that space physics is like uh, an oxymoron or something. (laughs) (laughs) But he does also say the music is great and the long song is a Murray Gold triumph. Amen. Um, Nearly there now. We're nearly there. Come on. Yes, I've got Shaney, who's just replied with a picture of sunglasses (laughs) with nails in the the eyes. (laughs) And it's got four likes, so uh, fair enough. And the award for wittiest tweet goes to <laughs> JD. Not a word oh. spoken. The fabulous Peter Kaminsky says, uh, I really love it too, especially the design of it. I know it's cheesy as hell, but the leaf speech gets me every time. Yes. We've got a pro leafer. <laughs> We're pro leaf on this podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, very Pete Lambert says, uh, oh, well, it's a gift from Back to the Future that says, It's leave, you idiot. Make like a tree and leave. <laughs> you sound like a damn fool. It's because I said I liked it. I, right, yeah. I will also give you some context. This is the only episode of Doctor Who that he's never seen. Oh, right. He went out to the pub that night, and then when he came home and saw the reaction to it, he just didn't watch it. <laughs> Oh my, if I came out from the pub and there was a reaction, how could you resist watching it? How could you resist? I've never seen Can You Hear Me. Have you not? That, that's my one I've never seen, no. Why? I ta- well, I tapped out during Series 12, and then I sort of watched a few, and that's just the one that's seemingly evaded. I've just got no interest to go and put it on. Oh, I'll, I'll watch it one day. Oh my God, we might have to do a commentary on that. I'll make you watch it. <laughs> yeah, the issue if we did a commentary, you you can't watch, can you? You'd, no, like, you'd have to pre-watch it and then yeah. watch it again. Yeah. Well, look, I think we've covered the length and breadth of Akaten in some depth. There. Yes. Do you feel as if you have expunged your soul and given enough reasons as to why people should like this? Yeah, I hope so. I've I've always got too much to say. Do you, do you want another shocking uh, comment? So I've said this is the best. Doctor performance of all time on the night this went out. It's just oh, reminded me. No, hang on, no, wait. I need to prepare myself because I know <laughs> it's going to be something truly shocking. Okay, go. Okay, on the night this went out, I watched it four times, and in in the twenty four hour period from when it was out, I'd watched it seven times. I loved it. How many times have you seen it now? I just loved it. what? How many times have you seen it now? Oh, like, countless, countless, countless. You reckon you could quote this back to back? No, actually, I struggle with it. It's, you know, sometimes when you watch stuff so much that you love, you're just not even mentally taking note of the quotes or whatever. Well, uh, Luke, this is your Silla's moment of truth. <laughs> if you could quote the entirety of the Rings of Akaten back to back, you're going to win a, a fabulous set of matching egg cups. Off you go. <laughs> I, 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 I can do love in monsters probably like 80 or 90%. Oh, that that's because I had to like study the transcript so I could make a reference to every joke in that story that I wrote. Well, look, uh, 
thank you very much for coming on tonight this was i was so excited about doing this one because it aligned and i knew we were going to be positive about it and that's a wonderful thing to do so thank you no thank you i've loved it i mean it's great being back on again Great. what we are going to do and what we've said we were going to do in the past now i i've got a feeling i want to find a classic who now that's not love that you and i love and we'll do the same thing for that. <laughs> but you and i and your podcast co-host are planning on dip diving into moffat again aren't we we're going to do uh flesh and stone Ooh, yeah we said ages ago time of angels flesh and stone didn't we we should definitely get around to that yeah it'd be good to get chris on uh, I know he's keen. He was just busy tonight. Otherwise, he could have been here with us. Um, I would actually like to do one that I'm not too keen on because I feel like I've done two sort of weirdly uh, controversial ones that I love. If you care to just throw some at me now, let's uh, see. Oh, not keen on. I love doing uh, it. Like people, people are very patient. And they still listen to the end, you know, while we're trying to choose. I hate the doctor's That's daughter. Oh, you're still listening. I hate the doctor's daughter hate it oh but everyone hates that i know yeah let's, let's be um, a bit more original than that oh. i hate the doctor's daughter <laughs> uh... well, what about jody that you really hate pick any because <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you what this is a very pro jody podcast i found all those people that love that era and we've done really positive oh i know the, the issue there is like i you know i can hate episodes <gasps> of um like eccleston to capaldi and I still, I still watch them, I still like them, but I feel like that might just be a waste of everybody's time if I'm just. Well, then tell me a Capaldi, because I've, I've hardly touched on Capaldi. Yeah, there's a few stinkers, isn't it? Oh, I really don't like the woman who lived, but that, I, I don't, that is so boring. I just can't even. I'm not a big fan of the Zygon Two Parter either. Um, the Caretaker, crap. Okay, there we go. Oh That's yeah. Because I, a... I have mixed feelings about that one. Yeah, it's a horrible episode, The Caretaker. Oh, okay. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing why. <laughs> We're booking a date for that. Uh, so that just leads me to say, until next time. Yes. <laughs> 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 I forgot how these things end. Uh,